Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis and Nick Verzellini. Good afternoon and welcome into this second edition of the Sports Mix right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Dupuis joined alongside Nick Ferzlini for this hour of sports talk on and now on your radio and TV dials. This first segment is brought to you by Brown's Funeral Home and Cremation, Rob Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Nick, first we're talking Washington football team as they get ready to play their first preseason game this Thursday at 7.30 p.m. against the New England Patriots. And one player that Ron Rivera signed this offseason that he really wanted to make a big have make a big impact was Curtis Samuel. He first started the training camp on the pup list. Then he kind of was doing a little back and forth, was running on the field, and then he was put onto the COVID list. So he had COVID. And now he's off the COVID list. They transferred him back to the pup list, and there is no timetable for his return. And he was going to be a big player for this team this season. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, last year kind of had a breakout year for the Carolina Panthers, 77 catches, 851 yards, three touchdowns. And this team needs another key playmaker at wide receiver because Terry McLaurin has been their guy, but really there's nobody else. So they need Curtis Samuel to be that guy, probably in the slot at 5'11", 195, can run the ball a little bit as well. Uh, The Panthers used him as kind of a change of pace back last year when Christian McCaffrey went down. So having him, you know, miss significant time here in the early parts of training camp, especially if a new quarterback and him adjusting to a new system, uh, this is crucial for the football team. They've had some issues, obviously, with the COVID uh, Results, you know, kind of slowing them down at the beginning of camp and having a key player like this that you're expected to have, you know, a big impact from, you need him out there. Yeah, you really do. And when you got him, you signed him to booster a receiving core that was really just Terry McLaurin. It, it was really just Terry McLaurin, and he, um, he was. Doing good, Terry McLaurin was, but he was also getting all the double coverage and everything because he was their number one wide receiver target. Yeah, and I mean, they have Logan Thomas, a tight end, who they re-signed and they brought, or they gave an extension to. So they do have some weapons on this team. I mean, I really like their roster, how it's coming together, if Fitzpatrick can be good for them because you have Gibson at running bank, you have McLaurin, you have uh, Thomas, a tight end, and um, you know, pretty good core there, but Curtis Samuel's going to be a key part of that. You need him healthy. You need him practicing right now in the early stages of camp. Yeah, and somebody else that's a wide receiver that the Washington football team signed this offseason was Adam Humphreys. He, um, he's listed right now in the first unofficial depth chart because they have to put one out game week of preseason game one. He's listed as the number one receiver two. Samuel was listed as number one receiver three. Be very interesting to see Adam Humphreys in a Washington football uniform as he did pretty well for the Titans last season. Yeah, I think my only concern about this wide receiver core 
is Humphreys and, and uh, Samuel are kind of similar. They're both slot receivers. Yeah. So I don't think they really – and even McLaurin at times is kind of a slot. I mean, he, he can definitely go on the outside and play well, but they don't have that big playmaker down the field necessarily. You know, he's a possession receiver. Humphreys is a possession receiver, and so is Curtis Samuel. So that would be my main concern. Do they have somebody that can stretch the field? Maybe with Fitzpatrick it won't be a huge issue because while he does have a decent arm, he's not known for you know taking a ton of shots down the field. So it might not be an issue this year, but in the future, I think that big playmaker is still maybe missing from this team, and that's where they're looking at guys like Kelvin Harmon or Antonio Gandy-Golden who they brought in, uh, I believe, through the draft. So you know, that was a, that was somebody I wanted to bring up. Was you look at Kelvin Harmon? He hurt last season, unable to play at all last season. I believe he tore his ACL in the off season, and then Gandy Golden was hurt for much of the season. They've been on the first unofficial depth chart. Kelvin Harmon is the fourth first wide receiver. So. He's buried on that depth chart right now. He's probably, if you're looking at this and basing it off of a 53-man that's coming up in the next month, he would be a fringe guy right now. But the one guy they're really looking at is Deami Brown, the rookie. I believe he's out of North Carolina, if I'm if I'm thinking that correctly, out of North Carolina, just six foot, 195 pounds. He was played very well for the Tar Heels when he was in when he was at North Carolina and in the ACC during his sophomore season he had 51 catches for over 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. He set the single season record by scoring at least one touchdown in 10 games. So he was selected with the 82nd pick last, or this this draft so he is somebody they're going to be leaning on big time. Yeah, I think he would be a type of guy that can stretch the field based on what I've read about him. He's a perimeter target, you know, he's not really known for going across the middle. His route tree is mainly vertical and hook routes, shallow routes. So he's not a he's not a uh, possession guy like the rest of their team. So maybe they use him as a deep ball threat. But we talked about this on our mock show. How this wide receiver core? There's a lot of guys, and we're probably going to see some pretty good players get cut. Yeah, because Cam Sims is out there too. I mean, he had 32 catches for this team last year. Uh, DeAndre Carter is kind of like a running back wide receiver combo. He's probably going to not make the team. So this preseason is extremely important for this team. Steven Sims, I believe he played pretty well for them. Yeah, 27 catches last year. So there's some solid wide receivers that aren't going to be a part of this football team, which is funny to say football team. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that will be on the market. And, you know, that's always a good problem to have because you can never have too many wide receivers, especially with Samuel now dealing with this injury or being on the uh, COVID list. He's on the pup list uh, now. Now he's so on that, the pup list. That helps with some roster adjustment things because you can be on the pup list for, I don't know if they've changed the rule, I believe it was the first six weeks of the season or something like that before you would have to come back or be transferred to the IR. So... If he's still dealing with this, I think it's a groin injury. If he's still dealing with this come beginning of the season, he's not occupying a roster spot. Right. So that would maybe open up an opportunity for somebody to step up and uh, take his place. The other thing that I wanted to make a point here about the offense was the tight end position. You obviously re-signed Logan Thomas to a multi-year deal the last right before training camp started. But then your listed number two is, I think I'm going to say this wrong. 
Temerick Hemingway. Came out of nowhere last year. He played a little bit as the backup guy. But they drafted a guy named John Bates. Um, I believe he was out of Kansas. I could be wrong. He was out of Boise State. Excuse me. Out of Boise State, they drafted him with the in the second round or the third round on Friday of the night of the fir, of the draft this year and apparently the everybody's saying he's been very slow so far when it comes to route running and everything else and then you have the fourth one fourth listed on the roster or on the depth chart Samus Reyes who he hasn't even played football before he's coming in um he was an interesting story he he never played football before and he just decided that he wanted to play football and he's part of the um I believe he's from Chile, so he's part of a, the NFL does some kind of international thing where you can add an international player and you can put him on their practice, on your practice squad or whatever, and it doesn't, it's part of their trying to get international players into the game. But he's listed as the fourth guy, and then Ricky Seals-Jones is listed as the fifth guy. That's the guy they got from Kansas City in the offseason. But that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Having Hemingway listed as number two is really interesting. Yeah, I think one thing just to note about the tight end position is they love their experimental guys, right? Because yeah. Logan Thomas is a converted quarterback. So is Tyron Swoops, who's on the roster. He played quarterback at Texas for a little bit. And then you got Reyes, like you talked about with him. I like how he can just decide to play football. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to play in the NFL. Yeah. I guess when you're 6'5", 260, okay. I'm presuming he has some sort of Athletic basketball ability. Yeah, he went to play basketball, okay. I believe, at Loyola University. There you go. Uh, but we're, we're up on a break right now, so when we come back, we'll talk defense on the Washington football team. As this segment was sponsored by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you, and if you don't like it, they'll take it back. HagerstownFord.com. We're coming up with more after this break. Eric from Hagerstown Ford. I want to thank you for your continued support of helping Hagerstown Ford's efforts to be number one in the region. As we get closer to this extremely aggressive goal, I want to recap why Hagerstown Ford should be your only consideration when buying your next vehicle. Number one, we have the best prices from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C., from Hershey, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland. I assure you, price will not be the reason you don't buy from Hagerstown Ford. Number two, we have a real return policy that's better than Walmart. Seriously, if you don't like it, return it. We'll give you three days to make sure you love your new ride. And finally, we'll bring your new car, truck, or SUV to you, just like Amazon does. Never step foot in a dealership again. Stop the silly back-and-forth negotiations that make everyone crazy. It's dumb, and it's a total waste of time. Besides, we hate it worse than you do. Simply log on to HagerstownFord.com and let us make your next buying process fun, easy, and risk-free. What do you got to lose? Visit HagerstownFord.com and let us cater to you. See dealer for details. Hi, my name's Corey, and I'm here at Orsini's in beautiful Martinsburg, West Virginia. We no longer specialize in only appliances. We have kitchen design, countertops, cabinets, flooring, and even a new 1,200-square-foot sleep studio with brands such as Stearns & Foster, Sealy, and Tempur-Pedic. 304-267-7251-360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. We price match the big box stores, and we give back to our local community. Orsini's.com
WVU Medicine East Heart and Vascular Institute has expanded and is now accepting new patients. With the recruitment of new board-certified cardiologists and interventional cardiologists, as well as the addition of two new offices, the WVU Medicine East Heart and Vascular Institute team can provide the best in heart care to our region. For more info on the cardiology services provided nearby in Martinsburg, Winchester, and now in Hagerstown and Shepherdstown, go to our website at mywvheart.com. Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, happy to have you with us for this show today. We're going to talk now Washington football team defense as some big news coming out today that Landon Collins, who suffered a season-ending torn Achilles last October, is going to play. It was October 25th. He's going to play in the first preseason game on Thursday, which is really remarkable. Yeah, definitely. Uh, to come back pretty quickly from an injury like that, Spencer, is impressive. And this is a guy that this team's going to need, especially because they're paying him pretty big bucks. Uh, six-year deal, I believe it is. And this year he's scheduled to make $12.5 million. So they have high expectations for Landon Collins ever since they signed him back in 2019. I don't know if he's quite lived up to that, but... You know, safety's a position on this team where you could probably make the argument this defense is pretty stout up front in that front seven and even at cornerback. But safety's one of the, I don't want to say weak positions necessarily because they do have a lot of guys. But I think one of the bigger question marks is probably safety, especially if Collins is not in there and in the lineup. Well, a guy that they signed this offseason, Bobby McLean, he uh, has really gotten... Ron Rivera's attention, and he named him by name um, a few, like the thing, I believe the beginning of training camp. He last played for the Dolphins. That was f- uh, six years he played for the Dolphins. Last season he played 16 games, had 15 starts, had 45 tackles, and one interception. Um, you know, he's a guy, he's a big depth guy that they have, especially because they have Cam Curl, who was a rookie last year and performed admirably when he had to fill in for Landon Collins. Right, so they're they got guys on the roster, but I think obviously Collins is a guy you trust, and you want him to be in the lineup as much as you can have him. And you know, last season, forty-one tackles for him, um, one interception in his career, nine interceptions over four hundred tackles. So he's been a consistently pretty productive defensive player for this team. Uh, and for, I believe he started with the Giants, right? So yeah, they're gonna, they're going to need Collins, and it's good to see him back, especially after a pretty severe injury with the Achilles. But I would say overall, I think that that secondary got a lot better, especially adding cornerback uh, William Jackson the third, and then having Jimmy Moreland more into that slot role. Jimmy Moreland really made a name for himself, and then you have Benjamin St. Juiced, I believe is how you say it, big rookie. Um, out of Minnesota, he's looking to make a big impact. They added him in the third round. He could, he's a Canadian guy, so that's interesting to see they got a Canadian guy in the draft. But I added, with Kendall Fuller, the number one corner, I think it's pretty interesting how much Ron Rivera made the secondary a big thing to, to get depth at, at least and another starter at this offseason. When you also drafted a middle linebacker in the first round. So I think your defense overall 
is really good this year. You have John, since they transitioned to that other, to the uh, 4-3 last year prior to the season, that you have John Bostic moving to outside linebacker, Cole Holcomb at the other outside linebacker position, and then Jamin Davis, the projected starter at middle, middle linebacker, on top of oh, what we've talked about, what has been talked about is that great defensive line with Chase Young, Duran Payne, Jonathan Allen, and Montes Sweat. Yeah, I mean, the defense is expected to be good for this team. I mean, they carried this team a year ago to that division title. It's going to come down to offense. I don't think there's too many questions that this defense will at least finish in the top ten, if not the top five, based on what we saw last year, based on that front seven being so good. Because anytime you can get pressure on the quarterback, that automatically gives you an advantage on defense. So even if you don't have a great secondary, it doesn't matter because your D-line's there in you know two or three seconds, so it's hard to get a pass off. Yeah, it is really hard to get a pass off, and that's one thing that you'll see is you will see the starters uh, this Thursday in the preseason game. Ron Rivera said having only three preseason games now really limits the amount of time that you get the rhythm of when you put new people in there, like Ryan Fitzpatrick on offense, where you get the rhythm of playing with everybody. So you'll see him for quite a few plays on Thursday. But now we'll transition to an NFC East foe. That is the New York Giants. They got Saquon Barkley back, who missed the rest of the remainder of last season after getting injured. That's a big time to get back in the practice yesterday. Yeah, and the Giants are going to need him, obviously. He's their lead back, and they're expected to have a better offense. You know, they went out, they got Kenny Galladay, they drafted Kadavius Tony out of Florida in the first round. So they need Barkley. He's, he's the guy that gets it going. This is the year, though, that Daniel Jones will prove if he is worth that sixth overall pick or not because there's really not many excuses for him. He has Barkley in the backfield. He's got the receivers in Galladay, Tony, and Sterling Shepard. So they have talent on this team. Can he put it together? Evan Ingram is a talented tight end. He had struggles with drops last year. I think the Giants, you know, might be that second team in the NFC East, I'd say, heading in. We'll see with the Cowboys. You know, the Cowboys are talented, but they never live up to it. What do you think, Spencer? I think that, as you mentioned, Daniel Jones, this is his prove-a-year. He's obviously gotten a lot of leeway the last few years, and I think if he doesn't make an impact this year, I think they're not going to renew his contract straight up. I don't. You know, there's no way you bring him back. You kind of start over again, with which, which a lot of teams have to do if their quarterbacks don't work out. Yeah. I mean, the NFC East, it will be close. I mean, it's always close because it's always bad. As somebody that's a fan of an NFC East team, I think I can say this and it it not be taken as being negative. Just this this overall, this division is always close because all the teams are always bad. Or they are, are always, they all really good? They're never really good. <laughs> and just beat up on each other. <laughs> you know, I think that this year... There might be three decent teams. Well, actually, I think all four teams are, like, kind of the same. Yeah. So we'll see probably similar records again, and they might look bad, but I think they might actually be better than in years past. Yeah, I think they'll be better, and I think... I'd say the Giants and the football team have the two best defenses, so I'm going to yeah. rank them one and two. I mean, I would, I would rank... Obviously, my bias here of being a Washington fan would rank them one and the Giants two. And then I think the Eagles just have to see what they have at quarterback. 
You're not big on the Cowboys. I've never been big on the Cowboys. <laughs> the only thing I, was I mean, big besides on the not liking the Cowboys, I was big when they had Tony Romo because you know he always got beat up by our team, <laughs> by the football team. Fair enough. So I think um, I think it will be. I think I think with a healthy Dak, the Cowboys could make a run. At. I mean, I think it will be a very competitive division, but it, the division is historically bad, and historically speaking, you're not going to get a repeat. That's just historically speaking. So, so you like the Giants then to win it? <laughs> now you're putting words in my mouth over there, Nick. I mean, you said that there won't be a repeat. So that's telling me, and you told me the Giants and the football team are the two best teams. So then the Giants are winning the division. You heard it here first. I guess that's what I said without saying it, Nick. Thanks, right. for, thanks for putting words in my mouth over there, buddy. I was just reading in between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> but some other news in the football world, Joe Hayden wants a contract extension with the Steelers. Obviously, he's a, he's a big contributor on their defense. What do you think about that, Nick? He's 32, so I don't know if he'll get a big extension. How many years does he have left? I don't know. He's still a very productive corner. Um, you know, Obviously, he spent all those years with the Browns, so he's probably happy to be somewhere where at least the team isn't terrible. Even though the Browns are good now, but we'll see. Um, you know, I think one or two year extension could probably happen. I don't know if he'll finish his career there, depending on how long he still wants to play. Because 32 is getting up there for a corner, especially a number one corner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially, well, I think the extension talks are really going to come down to does he know where his place is in getting an extension? Because obviously, you got guys on that defense like TJ Watt that deserve an extension. Yeah, he, I don't think he's expecting big money. So I kind of compare this as a Ravens fan to Jimmy Smith. You know, he's been with the team almost as long as Hayden has been in the league. I think Hayden's about yeah, two years older than uh, Smith. So it kind of reminds me of that because we've seen you know guys like that take a roll back and let the big-time players get the big-time contracts. Well, that's our cue, second, second break of the show. When we come back, we'll talk with Muscleman head coach Brian Thomas. Uh, this segment was sponsored by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you first. Parsons Ford of Martinsburg.com. We'll be back with Brian Thomas next on the Sports Mix. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. next or to plan ahead we're here brown funeral home a legacy of service since 1880 
Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Then sign up for Basic, Intermediate, and Advanced Defensive Handgun courses. Valley Guns 2 has a 197-acre complex in Hampshire County with a 2,400-square-foot indoor facility and various ranges. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or phone 304-229-4411. This is Joe Ferretti to announce the formation of a new personal injury law firm, Mansion Ferretti. You know me as a local lawyer handling personal injury and motor vehicle accident claims for almost 30 years. I have joined up with three experienced attorneys to form this new firm. At Mansion Ferretti, you will get the same effective and personal relationship you have come to expect from me for the past three decades. I am still at 408 West King Street and can be reached at 304-264-8505. Now with more lawyers and resources at Mansion Ferretti, it's about seeking justice for you. Welcome back to the Sports Mix. As we hit the 12.30 time right now, we'll be joined right now by Musselman Head Football Coach Brian Thomas. Coach Thomas, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. Great to finally talk with you. Uh, we'll, we'll hopefully be able to do a couple of your games this year. Yeah, I, I'm a little nervous. I don't know if your questions are going to be like, uh, like <laughs> tough or I'm going to be put on the spot here, so... Yeah, let, let, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, you know, start another season to be able to work with you guys again. All right, so last week you guys had your first practice. You guys have the, uh, you guys have a midnight practice. What what kind of thing is that? Like what like what goes into having a midnight practice? Yeah, that, that's been a tradition, a uh, muscleman tradition, you know, way long before. I was ever around, you know, honestly, probably before I was ever born. Um, but, you know, the, the, the kids really like it, you know, just that, you know, kind of the reasoning behind it is you can start your first practice, uh, you know, Monday morning. So, you know, technically, you know, it, it, it turns Monday when, the, you know, that Sunday night clock hits from 11.59 to, to midnight. So it's just kind of one of those things that, um, you know, the kids get really excited. You know, it, it, it's neat. Um, you know, just kind of something cool to do. So, you know, the older I get, the more I don't like it because then by about, uh, you know, I'm struggling the next morning. But then by about Wednesday or Thursday, I'm really struggling with my sleep. But, um, you know, the kids like to do it. It's a pretty cool uh, tradition. You know, it'll be something that they'll, they'll remember for the rest of their lives. So what have you seen so far from your kids so far for the, after a, week, a full week of practice? Yeah, we've gotten a lot better. You know, um, coming in, we, ha we had a lot of question marks just because we graduated so many guys off of last year's team. You know, we had so many seniors and so much um, experience. And, you know, we only, we only returned three players at all that have uh, significant playing time. So coming in, there were a lot of, uh, a lot of questions to answer, um, you know, and a lot of things that we had to evaluate as coaches. So, um, you know, I, I actually just got done watching a little bit of film from this morning's practice. And we're uh, we're getting a lot better. Um, you know, we, we have some guys that have really kind of uh, stepped up. Um, you know, today was our first day of full contact, so uh, you know we saw a lot of different things. And you know, I think we're I think we're making steps in the right direction. So you guys have a scrimmage coming up this Saturday against Fairmont Senior. What are you looking for out of your team? Um, you know, really just to compete. You know, I just kind of want to see um, how these guys are going to come together and who's going to step up and who's going to be ready to play. Um, you know, we still, 
You know, as I mentioned before, um, you know, losing so many guys, we still have a lot of questions to answer with the depth chart. So, you know, our, our depth chart's going to continue to move. You know, it's changed already. You know, last week at midnight, it was one thing. And, you know, coming into today, it was one thing. It'll probably change uh, between now and Saturday. And then it's probably going to change after Saturday. So, um, you know, just kind of continuing to see, um, you know, what players are going to come out, what players are going to perform consistently that we can, we can trust. So, you know, that, that's really, that's really kind of the biggest thing is just continuing to evaluate our roster and the players on our roster. Hey, Coach, this is Nick Verzellini. Um, I guess I just want to start off. You know, your team went eight and two years, said, though, that you don't really have a lot of guys back. So uh, how do you think that season last year, though, could maybe carry over with your momentum heading into this year? Well, I think, you know, even though we only had three guys that had playing time, we got a lot of, like, we have a big senior class. We have 17 seniors. And, you know, like I said, most of those seniors didn't play, but they were still on the team. So they still, you know, they still they still got to learn, um, you know, from being on a really good team, from, you know, coming to practice and getting better every day. And we talk a lot about that, you know, just because, you know, just because you didn't play and you weren't on the field Friday night, you were still – you know, you were still a part of those team meetings and those conversations where, you know, we were preparing for people uh, and we were getting better. So, you know, I, I think we do carry a little bit of momentum just because, you know, we, we have guys that have been on, you know, the, those successful teams. So, um, you know, just, just kind of just kind of having those guys who we can look in the eyes and say, hey, you know, you remember this situation from last year. Remember when we went through that? Remember how he responded when that happened? Um, you know, I think I think a lot of football is just about the lessons you learn and you know how you overcome those lessons when when, when they when you're faced with those challenges. Coach, especially with everything that went down last year with COVID and the map and not knowing uh, when you're going to play and stuff like that, having that senior leadership and guys that already kind of went through that, if you have to deal with that again this year, that's got to help your team. Um. Yeah, you know, um, you, you say when you deal with it this year, we've already kind of dealt with a, a couple situations this year. So it's not, it's it, you know, it's not over, you know, we're not out of the clear. Uh, you know, you still, you know, we, we've had a couple kids already that have had to be quarantined, um, you know, and been around people that, you know, have been around it. So, you know, it's already kind of affected us this year. I mean, honestly, it's kind of... Hey, you know, it's kind of the new norm. You just kind of, you know, if, if last year taught us anything, you're you appreciate the situations that you get. You know, you appreciate every day that you get to come to practice and you get to compete, and, you know, and you get a chance at all. Um, you know, and, and, and the other thing it taught us is you just never, you just never know. You know, you just never know when, um, you know, you're going to be faced with a situation and, and you know, you're going to have a, whether it be a team outbreak or whether you get shut down or whether, you know, you're playing somebody. I really think it taught everybody kind of how to, to react to things, kind of react to the unknown. You know, you don't know if – and football's like that. You don't know if somebody's going to get injured in one practice. Um, and, you know, COVID's kind of with that now. You don't know if somebody's going to be, you know, on the team one day and then, you know, out two weeks the next day. So you just kind of – you just kind of have to react to, to whatever comes your way and just kind of roll with the punches and make the best of it. Just continue to 
continue to get better and continue to fight on. So uh, we talked with Martinsburg head coach Britt Sherman yesterday, and we asked him about COVID situation with them, and he said that it's now, instead of it being the top-up from the state, it's more of the localities determining if you're going to play. Do you think that helps you guys rather than if, so a county's red, then you guys can't play, but if it's just your if it's just a school in your county that you guys will be able to play, do you think that will help be able to get back to some sense of a normal season? Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I got no idea. I mean, it it it, it changed last year about ten thousand times. Um, you know, you talk to somebody one week and it's one thing, and it changed another thing, and then. You know, I feel like even this year it's changed. Are you quarantined 14 days? Are you quarantined 10 days? You know, do you have to test? Do you not have to test? I, I, it, it, I don't know. It, it, being a guy who, you know, myself, I'm kind of OCD and I'm overly organized and I like things to be a set way. Uh, you know, that's probably one of the things that frustrates me most about COVID is I, I, I don't know if there's a set way. So, you know, we could say, it's, I mean, it might be this way one day, but then, you know, we might get, you know, we might get a, a press conference from Governor Justice and he might change it tomorrow. So um, I, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I hate to sound like a, a coach's cliche, but, um, you know, I think we're going to be able to practice this evening and get together, get, get together with our guys. And, and you know, I, I, I just kind of go day by day anymore because I don't know what's going to change. I, I hope we get 10 games in. Um, you know, I hope we don't have another year where we have to pull games from kids and, and take stuff away from kids. But um, I don't know. You know, our school, does, I will say this, our school does a good job. Um, you know, if it comes down to a school-by-school school basis, um, you know, our principal, Holly Kleppner, I have all the faith in her. She handles things. Um, you know, she handles things in a great way. Um, and I got all the faith in her that, you know, our school will continue to do things the right way. Um, um, and we'll be ran in the right in the right way. All right, Coach. So just about two weeks until your first game. That's against Spring Mills. So you're going to get to start with a local team. How does that How does that go into a rival with you? Or not not necessarily a rival, but you're not going to have to travel very far. They're not going to have to travel very far. Yeah. Um, you know, we're excited to play them. You know, last year uh, last year we didn't get the chance to play them. We had the same week open, and they drove five hours away and, and, and made us drive five hours away. So we're looking forward, uh, you know, we're looking forward to kind of renew, uh, you know, that local rivalry a little bit um, and play them. I, you know, it, it's always neat uh, just because it's a local game. So you always get bigger crowds in the local games, um, you know, especially kind of being the first, being the first game of the season. Um, you know, every, everybody really kind of, kind of comes out and you know the local people get excited for that first game so i i always like playing the local team first just because you know the crowd the atmosphere um you know we've had some really good games with spring mills in the past so i think this year uh will kind of be kind of be most of the of the same i think it'll be a good game i think it'll be a good crowd um you know just excited to just excited to play again after you know after some of the stuff that happened last year coach what's kind of like these first few weeks like in terms of practice you know obviously you're not focused on springs and mills yet so is it more so we got to get our system down and then then we'll start to shift to focusing on what we need to get ready for them yeah i think um you know honestly i think one of the joys of coaching high school football is every year is kind of different just because you get a you get a new group in 
Um, you know, you, you kind of have new challenges. I think it kind of changes every year um, of really, um, you know, of really kind of how you approach it. As far as, you know, this year, uh, you know, we're really kind of approaching more of worrying about ourselves. Uh, like you said, we really haven't talked a lot about Spring Mills yet. It's more so about, hey, you know, we're, we're doing some different stuff offensively and defensively this year than what we've done in the past. So it's more so, hey, let's let's get our system down. Um, let's make sure we're worried about ourselves and doing our jobs. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, we started to kind of talk about Fairmont a little bit just because, you know, we're looking forward to that scrimmage next up. And, and you know, we talked about Spring Mills a little bit. We know that's our first game, but at the same point, we really won't look at stuff from them until we get closer time. But, um, yeah, especially being in experience this year, I think a lot of the focus has been how do we get better ourselves and, 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 you know, what do we got to do to ensure that we're getting better and then we'll start to worry about kind of the opponent and, and whatnot. So we can really look forward, you can't really look forward to more than just the next game, but your first three games are going to be against teams in the Eastern Panhandle. How is that going to be for you guys knowing that you, you're, you're going to stay locally for your games and that you, nobody will have to travel that far? Yeah, um, you know, our, our talking about our schedule in itself, our schedule is very difficult this year. Um, you know, we, we, we have, you know, I, I, I think Martinsburg has one of the toughest schedules in the state. They, they play a lot of good teams. But as far as in-state teams, we have one of the toughest schedules in the state. You know, we play our local teams, and then we play uh, Bridgeport, Morgantown, Wheeling Park. Um, you know, so we, ha- we have a really good um, out-of-conference in-state schedule. But, uh, yeah, last year we only got two home games. Um, you know, it, it, we, we were the Road Warriors. Our, our, our seniors last year called themselves the Road Warriors just because nobody would play us at home. Everybody said, hey, we'll play you, but you got to come here. And we traveled all over the state. So this year we get six home games. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, the first three are our local teams and our home games. So we, we you know, we got to really be ready to go. I mean, with our schedule, there, there's no, there's no cupcakes there, you know, there's no, um, there's no gimme. So we, we got to be ready to go right outside the gate. You know, if we're not, then, you know, all three of those teams are, are really, really good teams. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, coach. We look forward to talking to you here in the near future. All right, sounds good. Yeah, good good talking with you guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. If you need anything, just let me know. All right, thanks, Coach. Brian Thomas from Musselman. We'll talk with him probably a few times over the next month or so as we'll talk to him definitely each game week. We'll try to talk to all the coaches around the Eastern Panhandle. And we've come to our final break of the day. This break is or this segment was sponsored by Rockwell. Rockwell is now hiring for their new facility in Ranson. All employees receive competitive wages and great benefits plan training programs that support their career growth go to rockwelljobs.com slash radio coming up next on the show we will finish it up the show we'll talk some capitals and maybe a little bit of nationals after the maybe wizards maybe the maybe wizards we'll talk about the dc teams with the final remaining time that we have on the show today for the on the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV Ten. Rock Wool is one of the world's leading manufacturers of stone wool insulation products and is seeking motivated individuals like you to join their team right here in Ranson, West Virginia. Right now, open roles include general operator, warehouse person, machine technician, and electrical and instrumentation technician. 
All Rockwool employees receive competitive salaries starting at $17.50 per hour, five-day work weeks, and eight-hour shifts, plus full benefits package on day one of employment, including health, dental, and vision coverage for employees and their families, paid time off, educational reimbursement, a 6% 401k match, and more. If you want a well-paying job and the potential for a rewarding career with a top employer that offers exceptional employee support and development opportunities, visit rockwooljobs.com slash radio for information on all current job openings right here in Ranson, West Virginia. Apply now at rockwooljobs.com slash radio. When you've been in a wreck, you're hurting, you're confused, the insurance company's calling you. Insurance companies are not your friend. They have a duty to their shareholders, not to you. That's why you need to call us to make sure that you're maximizing what you are entitled to. We've recovered over $100 million for our clients. Every case is different, no result is guaranteed. But one thing's for sure, we'll treat you like family. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. We'll talk a little bit about the Capitals first because they re-signed one of their goaltenders, Nick. Yeah, they did, and looking to kind of keep that uh, rotation there together, so... For the Caps, you know, this team's pretty much going to be the same as it was last year and try to make another Stanley Cup run while they still got some of these guys kind of going out of their prime and Ovechkin and uh, Backstrom. Backstrom. Nick Backstrom. You're not really the hockey guy here. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm filling in. (laughs) So they re-signed. Oshi and Soshi. I know him. Oshi and Soshi. Yeah, Yeah. because his. Yep, okay. Uh, the Capitals re-signed goaltender Ilya Samsonov to a one-year, two-year, two million dollar deal. It's really a prove-it deal. He was a restricted free agent. He posted a thirteen-four and one record last season with two shutouts, but he did struggle in the postseason as he dropped all his games when they played the Bruins. So it brings back their goaltending tandem as Viatek Vanacek was selected in the expansion draft, but then Washington was able to reacquire him. So as they say. When it comes to the regular season, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, and that's definitely true. I mean, this is one of the best teams in the East last year. Uh, just kind of came up short in the postseason. But, um, you know, they, they were young, having to replace Holtby there in goal. And now they're getting more experience. And you bring back both those guys to kind of keep the uh, the competition between them, I think is good for the future of the team. And obviously re-signing Alex Ovechkin and then still having, right now they still have Evgeny Kuznetsov, but they've definitely been looking for potential suitors for his trade and his salary. But at four more seasons at $7.8 million against the cap per year, that's likely not going to happen. And he just didn't have a great season last year, which was one of the reasons why they didn't perform as well, especially in the playoffs, considering he was there in 2018 he beat the he was the goal had the goal that beat the penguins so when you don't have a guy like him performing to his highest ability you're not going to win yeah definitely not uh he's one of their better players and i think my big concern for this team overall is just that they are older you know for the most part especially on offense but even on defense 
Is Char still playing? Because he's listed on the roster still, but I wasn't sure if he was still playing. He is a free agent, but he's saying he's able, he wants to play again. I don't know if they will resign him, though. He's, he's well, I mean, he's 44. Yeah. <laughs> so, but besides him, you know, John Carlson's been there a long time, 31. And offensively, Ovechkin is over 30. Obviously, Backstrom's 33. Lars Eller's 32. So, those are your main guys that you look to to get your goals, get your assists. Oshie's 34, so that would be my concern. You know, how many more runs does this team have? And, you know, how long will it last? Obviously, their their window is definitely closing. That You bring up a good point, but they still have the firepower on the team. It's just whether or not they will actually perform. Definitely. I think it's a, it's a solid – it's still a really good team – I just don't know after this year, maybe next year, they start to fade out a little bit. So it's, you know, one or two more years, I think, they have left of making big runs. And they'll kick off the season this year against the Rangers on Wednesday, October Do they kick off in hockey? They 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 drop drop the the puck puck for the season on Wednesday, October 13th against the Rangers. That will be a big game because the Rangers recently acquired Ryan Reeves from the Golden Knights and him in in the Stanley Cup final, Tom Wilson, and Ryan Reeves really went at it. He goes at it with everybody, right? Yeah, that's true. He really does. <laughs> he really does go after it. Um, but that will definitely be a uh, it'll be a big thing because, especially the Rangers after last season, they, there was definitely a big thing going on between Ovechkin or not Ovechkin between Wilson and the Rangers. But now we'll transition to talk about some other DC sports. Uh, this guy's got a nice name, I'd like to say. The guy that the Wizards recently acquired, Spencer Dwindle. Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie, excuse me. I definitely said that wrong. He's uh, ready to be his own player with the Wizards, and uh, you really brought this up, Nick, when we were doing a little show prep. Um, he says he's not going to be Gilbert, John, or Russ. He wants to be his own player. Yeah, and Dinwiddie is a guy that has really came along the last couple of seasons as – stepping into his role you know he was a second round pick I believe when he came out so wasn't really a uh, expected to be an elite player took him a little while to get going he averaged 20 points and I think nine assists a few years ago with the Nets so he really had his big year you know that season and now they're looking to him to replace Russell Westbrook and what has been a franchise that has especially recently had some great point guards in Westbrook, Wall, and Gilbert Arenas. Will that continue with Dinwiddie, and will Bradley Beal want to be around? Because, I mean, this is a completely different team than what the Wizards had a year ago. I think overall they have a better roster, but will it result in a playoff spot or not? I don't know because they're still kind of the seventh or eighth best team in the East when you look at how much better the rest of the team's got, teams like Chicago. So – I mean, and the Heat. You look at the yeah, Heat. The they heat got Kyle now, Lowry and then Alonzo Ball to the Bulls. So it's definitely a better conference, conference. Yeah. overall. And the the East, is, I feel like in the last few years, has always been the lacking conference. It's starting to get almost even, I think. And that competition from 6 to 10 in the East, who's going to get those play-in games, who's going to end up with a lock in the playoffs, is really interesting. I think the top three is pretty much a lock. We know – that uh, Milwaukee, you know, uh, Miami, and the Nets are probably going to be the top three. 
four through five through six, you know, I don't know how good Philly's going to be because I think their chemistry is going to be down with Ben Simmons not necessarily being the same player that he is expected to be in, kind of got blamed for their loss in the playoffs this year. So I'm a little bit questionable about them. Washington has a better overall roster, but will do they have enough star power now without Westbrook? It's interesting. We'll see where they end up being. And I don't know what Bradley Beal is going to decide if he wants to request a trade, if he wants to stay in Washington. I know he's been saying he wants to stay in Washington, but you just can't believe that a guy that good wants to continue to be the 6th, 7th, or 8th seed in the East. Yeah, especially because he is now getting a lot older. Definitely. I mean, he's still only 28, but but he's almost how much to 30. Does he want to stay? If you're if you're getting close to 30, you really want to you get start a thinking about that championship, right? Yeah, especially because he is such a good player. He wants to use his talents to win a championship and not be on a subpar team. Over the I was last wondering, does he get a gold medal? I don't think he does. Ah, uh, well, he was kind yeah. of a part of the team, but not really. He didn't make the final roster. Yeah, he was essentially he's taken out because of COVID. But now, with a couple of minutes left, we'll transition to some Western Conference as a big re-signing or for a signing and extension was made yesterday with the Mavericks as they signed Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic? Doncic, yes. Doncic. I always screw his name up. He signed a five-year, $207 million contract extension, the Supermax for a rookie extension, and he's only 22. Yeah. Uh, but he's really, really good, so... This contract's going to keep him in Dallas, which I think some people were a little bit surprised because they've heard that he doesn't want to be there or whatever because they haven't been great in the playoffs. And to an extent, I think that's true, but I also think that you know he's in a pretty good situation. They're going to have a new coach. Um, Cuban decided to move on from uh, blanket on the name Rick Carlisle, so they're going to Wasn't a new that, coaching staff. That was that was last year, right? Yeah, yeah. So they've gone to the new coach already, but. They're still transitioning, I guess, into that that new look. I mean, you pay this guy though, twenty eight, eight and eight and nine. That's unbelievable averages. You pay him and you keep him long term. Yeah, and you look at what he's done so far. I mean, he's literally one of the most accomplished players in NBA history at twenty two years, and he's gonna be the face of the league if he's not already in the next two or three years. He's been voted twice first team All NBA. Yeah, I mean, I mean that speaks for itself. One of the favorites to be the MVP again, so not really surprising, but that's a big number. And I'm interested to see how much more you know these players are going to get paid. I saw something on Twitter like, who's going to be the first NBA player to be a billionaire just on their contract? Because <laughs> that seems to be the way it's starting to lean. So with just over a minute left here in the show, we'll we have a little bit more time, and we'll talk. We'll just talk about the college football coaches poll that the preseason poll that just came out where are the herd <laughs> where's the herd they're not on it are you expecting them to be on is it? wvu uh, on there no the west virginia is not on there uh but so it runs down as the top five are bama clemson oklahoma ohio state and georgia six through ten is texas a&m notre dame iowa state north carolina at number nine and cincinnati at number ten it's a interesting top ten Cincinnati got in the top 10. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. And then at 11 through 15 is Florida, Oregon, LSU, USC, Wisconsin. That's until 15. And we're wrapping up the show right now. And we'll be back tomorrow for another edition of The Sports Mix right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10.